0: at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson.
1: We've talked about that God is indeed a God of order. We see that in every aspect of God's activity throughout human history. God is faithful to his truth, and he calls you and me likewise to be faithful to that same truth. Take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Joshua and chapter 15. Now, we began a few weeks ago after these several victories of of the children of Israel over the the inhabitants of Canaan. We see that, that God is distributing the land and doing so tribe by tribe and there's much wisdom in this distribution how he divides the land now in one sense we see it being divided and we'll look at this again by lot but do not think that that means something that is haphazard something by chance no by lot in the scripture is an attempt to embrace the will of God. Discern the will of God, and we've seen how the the land on the east side of the Jordan River was given to the the children of of two and a half tribes. We see Reuben, God, and the half tribe Manasseh. And we'll see in the weeks to come that other half-tribe, Ephraim, and both Manasseh Manasseh and Ephraim. Manasseh and Ephraim are part of the tribe of Joseph, a reference to that. We'll talk more about that when that becomes more relevant. But I want you to see that here it is Judah. We've talked about their leader, Kalev. And he will come back into our discussion towards the end of our time together this evening. But let's begin Joshua chapter 15, verse 1. And we're talking about the tribe of Judah and the land that their allotment is going to include. Verse 1. And it came about ha Goral, the lot. And this is how this land was distributed by Lot too, as it says here, to the tribe. And there's two words for tribe, shevet. we've seen that, and also the word Mate, which is simply a synonym for this term for tribe. So it came about the Lot to the tribe of the children of Judah, according to their families. And then we have the word El-Gavul. Gavul Gavul is border, to the border, and this means in respect to the border. We see that their allotment of land is going to border what's known as, just keep reading in verse 1 where it says, Edom. Edom, or Edom in Hebrew, having to do with the land that was given to the offspring, the descendants of Edom, a wicked people. And I believe it's not by chance that Judah and Edom border one another, because Judah is the messianic tribe, meaning Messiah comes from this tribe. And he, and we see this, for example, in Ezekiel 35, in Isaiah 63, where Messiah, before he establishes his kingdom, he is going to destroy that mountain of of Esau, Edom, Mount Seir in order to bring deliverance to the children of israel so in respect to the border of judah we see that it borders edom that's in the wilderness of sin and this is towards the south at the end of what's known as teman which we could translate two different ways at the end of the 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 southernmost Border, realizing Taman can be understood as simply another word for south. So we're talking about the southmost extreme, or we see that this also relates to a, a nation, Yemen. Taman in Hebrew is Yemen, and we see that that nation is also in that area. So we we can talk about it in that way, but the best way is simply understanding that this has to do with the southernmost area of the tribe of judah verse verse 2 and it shall come about for them for who the children of judah that the border of the south should be at the end their 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 border and that area is going to be the end of the salt sea yam Hamelach, which Oftentimes is spoken of in English as the Dead Sea, but it's literally in the Bible, in the proper name, the Salt Sea. And this is from the the bay, which turns towards the south. So it's speaking about how we have the southernmost extreme border in the south, and we also see, see, that it's connected to, as well, the Salt Sea. Verse 13. And it goes forth, the same border goes forth to the south. On up to where? On up to the going up. This is a road or a way that goes up. It's an increase to, it says, Akravim, a name of a place. Now, my memory serves me, Akrav is the, the term for scorpion so this is the increase of this area that's called by the term scorpion and i won't give the hebrew for all of these names and it passes through towards sin this is the desert of sin and it goes up from the south once more where to a very well-known place kadesh barnea now some of these places and i've said this for the last few weeks some of these names we know now here's the problem you go to a a bible map an atlas a biblical atlas and so many of these terms will appear there but many of them are known for example we know where the the HaMelech, the salt sea the dead sea is we know where some of these other places are but others we don't and they are a hypothesis a guess an estimated guess where they might be but you can't accept what's written necessarily on one of these maps that biblical atlas as a fact it says after kadesh barnea it passes through where that's and it goes up towards adar and it encompasses what's known as car Ka'ah, this place where is that we we do not know with assurance today's verse 4 this border continues on it passes towards atzmon and it goes forth to and this is important where it says Nachal mitzrayim, the the brook or the river of egypt now why is that important Well, because this is what is mentioned, this same term, Nachal Mitzrayim, in regard to all the promised land that God promised Abraham. And therefore, it has great significance. So we see that that the border here goes all the way of Judah, all the way to that, that river of Egypt. And it says, and these shall be the results now this means the end of these are the results of the border the border of what the border that is westward now that means westward yama towards the sea and it says continue reading at the end of verse verse 4 and this shall be for you the border of the south So it it shows the border towards the west, but this is the border towards the south as it moves along towards the west. You have a border, it goes and it moves to a direction and it comes to an end. This is what the end of verse 4 is speaking about, where that border is on the west, but this concerns that southern border, both the eastern side and the western side of that southern border. Verse 5. And the border, eastward. And this means east towards the sea. What sea? It says, Yam the salt sea, unto the end of the Jordan, meaning the Jordan River. So it goes back up and shows again that the eastern border is along this way that goes up towards the Dead Sea, what we would call the Salt Sea. And how it goes in the Salt Sea Uh, is connected what feeds it the jordan river so all of this is historically and it shouldn't surprise us historically factual because it's in the scripture verse 6 and the border goes up to where bet hogla it goes up to the house of hogla and it passes from the north to the house bet Arava, And this is the house, a known location at that time, that was in the desert plain. Usually the term Arava means a flat area like a valley, but one that's long and goes extensively. But it's part of a desert. So it passes from the north to Bet Arava, and it goes up that border to where Evan Bohan which is, and this is where his location was known, who is the son of Reuven. So there's certain individuals they were dwelling, and it says where this one is, Evan Bohan, is where this, this border comes to. Verse seven. And the border goes up where? Towards Devir in the valley of Achor, And Towards the north, it turns to Gilgal, which is before Male Adumim. Now, today in Israel, there is a city known as Male Adumim. And here we see that there's an increase. If you're towards what's spoken of here, Gilgal, there is a, a way to go up to Adumim, Male Adumim going up towards Adumim, there's a way there from this place, Gogal. So again, we know historically where Adumim is. We know that there's a way that goes up to there from Gogal. So all of this is verifiable. Which is from the south of the, the Nahal, and here again. In that area, there is a dry riverbed. In the rainy season, it fills up, and people talk about walking from Jericho to Jerusalem through the Nahal, through the vadi and this is this this empty riverbed that people walk up, and they pass the border to May Ein Shemesh. So this is an area as well to the waters of Ein Shemesh Ein. Is another word for a well and again look at the end of verse seven where it says and these shall be its results to an rogel in regard to what we're talking about this eastern border of the tribe of judah from the southern portion we see these are the results these are the the points that one should know in order to understand the border verse eight and the border went up from the valley of Ben-Hinom. Now, Ben-Hinom, this area, is also known. There's a valley there. And this valley is very close to Jerusalem. And it shouldn't surprise us in a moment. We're talking about the tribe of Judah, and Jerusalem belongs to Judah. Ought not surprise us. So notice what he says here. The border goes up towards the valley of Ben Hinnom to the shoulder. This means the side of what Ha Yibusi, the Jebusites. Now, who at one time ruled Jerusalem anciently? The Jebusites, Ha Yibusi, and and this is it from the south. Looking at this location from the south, and notice what it says. It is. Jerusalem. So we see here how again all of this makes sense. When you look at the terms that are known, it always comes to a term that that shows us that this is accurate, believable. And the border goes up to Rosh HaHar, the top of the mountain, which is before Gehinom towards the the west meaning towards the sea. The sea, the great sea, the Mediterranean, which is at the end of another place, Emek Raphaim. Now, this valley, again, there's a street in Jerusalem, west of Jerusalem, called just by that name, Rachov Emek Raphaim. So all of these are known places, and it says here, this is towards the north of what? What we've been talking about. And then it says, look at verse 9, and he described the border from the top of the mountain to the spring, Me-Naphtoach. Where is that? Well, it's simply a name. We don't know exactly where it is today for sure. But from the spring of the waters of Neftoach. And it goes forth to the cities of the mountain of Ephron. And he describes the border of Baalah, that means towards Baal. And this is, and we know where this is, Kiryat Yarim. It is west as well from Jerusalem. So all of this is making sense. All of this is, is what we, we read about and can be supported in the word of God. verse Verse 10. Now, Emek Raphaim. that street, is really towards the south, and that's why we're talking about that southern border when it speaks of a northward, meaning from that area here, from what's spoken of earlier of Ben Hinoam, That that is northward from that location, but it's towards the south of Jerusalem. Look now to verse 10. And... The border surrounds from Bala, westward, to Mount Sair, And it passes to the slopes, the shoulder of the mountain of Yarin from the north. And this is where, what's located? A place called Chesolon. And it goes down towards Bet Shemesh, a place that we know today, Bet Shemesh. And passes towards the south to a place called Timnah, which is south of this area. Now, by the way, we're talking about a large piece of real estate. Verse 11. And the border goes forth to the shoulder of Echron northward. And the border can be described. What border? Well, the border of this allotment of Judah. And one of the key places is one towards Shikaron. And then it passes from the mountain of Baal and goes forth to Yavnael. And these are the results of the border, these key places towards the sea westward. Verse 12. And the border, and this is of the west, Of the sea, the border of the sea towards the west. What sea are we talking about? Haggadol. That is the Mediterranean. The border, this border, is of the children of Judah going around for their families, meaning encompassing all their families. Verse 13. Now, we're going to conclude in just a few minutes, but I want you to see in this last part, once again, Kalev. Is being emphasized. Verse 13. And to Caleb, this is Caleb, the son of Yifune, it was given a portion in the midst of the tribe of the children of Judah. We talked about this last week. And it says, This was done before the mouth of the Lord to Joshua. Meaning God agreed. And this is this land, it says it's the land and the city specifically known as Hebron, which once was known as Kirat Arba, we learned that last week. And we learned that Arba is not the number four, but rather the name of a man who was a giant. So Joshua heard the Lord agreeing to this, that Kalev, because of his faithfulness, his boldness, his trust, his bravery... He received Hebron as part of his personal inheritance. And it's called Kirit Arba. For he, Arba, was the father of the giant. Meaning here, of the giants. And this was their residence in Hebron. Verse 14. And he took possession from that. From there, who did? Kalev. Kalev took possession from there of the three sons of the giant these three sons the first one was named shashai the second one achiman and the third one Talmai. Talmai, these are the sons of or the children of the giant verse 15 and he went up from there towards the residence of devir and the name Adavir formerly was Kiryat Sefer, and today there's a city called by that name Kiryat Sefer. Verse sixteen, and Caleb said to strike Kiryat Sefer and to take it. This is his order, and he says, "And I will give to him Aksa, whose Aksa the daughter." My daughter," he says, "for a wife. So he's saying, whoever takes this city, what city? Kirat Sefer, will be given my wife, my daughter, as a wife. Aksa, verse seventeen. And one, what was his name? Otniel. He took it, and who's Otniel? The son of Kenaz, and the brother of Caliph. So this would be his cousin. It was the son of his brother. This is who Otniel was. His father was Kenaz, and this is the brother of Caleb. It was given to him Aksa, his daughter, for a wife. Verse 18. And it came about when he came to her that she incited him, meaning encouraged him to ask from her father a field and she got off of her donkey now she says we should ask that but she goes and asks it but if you look here it says that she encouraged him basically it's the word to incite someone to incite him to ask from her father but the implication is she wanted his approval before she did it so she get off from the donkey and he said to her who's speaking Kaleif, her father said to her what is to you meaning what is your request last verse verse 19 and she said give to me a blessing now it's interesting and this is a great verse that teaches us water is oftentimes thought of as a blessing in the scriptures. She says, give to me a blessing for land of the south you have given me. And now it shall be given to me springs of water. She requested that and notice what he did in the verse 19. And he gave to her, this is Kalev, He gave to her the springs, the upper springs, and also the lower springs. Now, what we have seen is a description of the border of Judah. And next week, as we continue in chapter 15, that is going to become more specific, more detailed. As I said, God is a God of order. And everything that's being written here, we can see that so much of what we know from archaeology supports this. These places that we know, we have discovered them. They are in the right locations that agree with what is said here. Do we know all of these places? No. But if we were to know all of them, they would agree perfectly with the word of God because the word of God is Truth. Well, I'll close with that until next time when we do the second half of Joshua chapter 15. Until then, Shalom from Israel.
0: Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website loveisrael.org.